So um, when I was born, I was born with a, I'm not sure what's the, what's the correct medical terms for this, but on my heart valve, there was a little bit of a, a hole. Um, and so when you would listen to my heartbeat, there would be this, there would be air coming out. And so the doctor said, don't worry, it could just be that, you know, nothing happens, there's nothing major, we'll have to monitor it, so no need to stress about it. And so, can my, the doctors normally, every time my mom would take me to the doctors, to, if I was sick as a child, the doctor would listen and ask, is his heart to right, how does he cope with life and exercise and things like that. And my mother said, it's fine, because they heard the do do And um, I was at the dentist the one day, and I needed to do some... Um, uh, something with my teeth and um, they asked my mom if there's any heart conditions because I can't go ahead if I've got any heart conditions and suddenly my mom was like ah, yeah there's, there's this issue I'm not sure if there's an issue if you, it should stop you in the, and the um, dentist just said oh I can't carry on let's first go check that out I was about 13, 14 years old so I was at the youth meeting that Friday night same as what we've got on Friday night. Um, I was at a youth meeting and I shared with them, look, I'm going to the doctor. There's this hot thing. Um, I'm not sure if it's serious. It could be. Um, but the doctor just heard it and they want to do some tests. Um, so they heard that sound. So at youth, they prayed for me. I went for the follow-up check to the doctor. And the doctor said, no, it's the weirdest thing. It's gone. It's completely gone. And I haven't had any issues since then. No one's ever heard that again, that sound. And so God healed me instantly at a youth meeting. In my matric year, I was playing rugby, and I was in and out the first and second team. And um, actually the third and first team. Um, because I was in the second team, and I got dropped because of the coach felt I was too short. Although I scored two tries in our team at games, he said, no, you're too short to play this level of rugby. Um, you won't reach what you want to reach. And I said, teacher, I most of the time, I can't reach what I want to reach. Um, and so he dropped me, and I was in the third team, and I got a call from the first team coach to say, no, I want you to go on the tour with us. So come. So I was in the third team going on the first team tours. And then suddenly the moment arrived, there was an injury in the first team, and I got chosen to start in the first team. I'm like, yeah, come on. The trick here, my final year, I'm starting and looking forward to it. I played wing, like Colby, scrum cap. Um, I had some speed, and um, in warm-up, I was so excited for this, and, and the warm-up beforehand, I could feel, ooh, something wasn't like with my leg, and I thought, no, that's my first thing, you know, I can start, I'm going to go play, because um, I want to establish myself in the team, so out I go, and I play the game, I still remember getting it through a gap, and I'm like, oh, it's open, it's just me and the try line, and the next moment, I just felt, oh, 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 and I had to stop halfway between the defense and the try line. I had to stop. And I tore my hamstring. Third degree tear. So that's quite serious. So um, the, the perspective was that you'll be out for a good number of weeks, maybe even some, you know, two odd months, maybe three. So I'm like, oh, do the math. It's like that, that goes, you know, that's the rugby for the year, possibly. And... Um, at youth, I said, hey guys, can we pray for my leg? And they prayed, and nothing happened. I still had pain, and I could still barely walk. So I started seeing a, f a fissure for treatment, and then within three and a half weeks, after the June school holidays, I was playing rugby again without any issues. So it didn't happen immediately, but that is near impossible for a third-degree hamstring to, to be healed in that short space of time. So I saw that in my teenage years, just how God has healed me in two, for me personally, it was two major moments that God healed me instantly and progressively. And then I went on Bible school and we go to outreaches and I've heard some of these stories. I've seen how God touched people and, and opened up their ears. Um, I've heard stories where people didn't have a finger and then suddenly they've got a finger and, and just God doing miraculous stuff. And then there's times that I've went to respond to a call because I was sick. Of, I've, we were in a motorbike accident a couple of years ago, and, um, and I had severe pain yeah, in the, my left back. And I went many times for prayer, 
and nothing's happened. And you wonder, how does that make sense, you know? When I was a teenager, at one stage I didn't have faith, then I had faith. God healed me with faith, without faith. As an adult, I've seen God heal people, and I've seen God not heal people. And on Monday night, we had an incredible time, and we saw God save people. We saw God heal people and touch people. And then I heard that some are struggling because they really came with faith and expectancy that God would touch them, and nothing happened. So how do we navigate that as the people of God? Because God is able. He's able. God loves to heal. But how do we navigate that as a people of God? If we come with expectation, there was faith in the room, and I didn't see any fruit. And it's important that we wrestle with the Scripture and land at a good biblical place, because otherwise we'll struggle, and we'll lose focus of Him, and we'll try and look for an answer, and try and navigate our way around, why, why not? and look for laws and ways to put things in place, and actually we miss Him. Because it's about the relationship with Him. It's about knowing Him. And so I want us to just lay a bit of a foundation and settle this thing so that we can navigate this and continue to follow Him with a sure conviction that He's able, that He wants to touch us, and that He loves to touch us. So firstly, we've got to establish this, that healing and the miraculous signs and wonders that we see now on earth is a picture of things to come in its fullness. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's like a roadway sign. You know, you travel on the road and there's signs that says, watch out, here's a sharp corner. It's that sign is pointing us to something that's ahead. And these signs and wonders and miracles and healings are pointing us to an eternal place, eternal heaven with God. And here in um, Revelations, oh, I forgot to open the app, Brent. You can quickly give Revelation, I'll get the app sorted. There we go. Oh, you shop. Hold on, thanks. He will, this speaks about Jesus' second coming. He will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So does God heal? Absolutely. Is God able? Absolutely. Does God love to heal? Absolutely. Does God heal always? No. He doesn't. Jesus at times, there was at the bath of Bathsheba, there was many that were sick. He healed one. We read here in, um, in the book of the New Testament, because there's a thinking that, you know, God should heal all the time because he wants to heal. God wants to heal. He loves to heal, but he doesn't heal all the time. And we as a people of God got to wrestle this thing and settle this thing so that we know how to respond to him. So you see, yeah, Paul was ill. Paul was afflicted. Brother E was ill. (laughs) If that's your friend... He's got a nickname. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Timothy was ill. And Trophimus was ill. He was a trophy child. They were ill. So you see these moments in Scripture where in the New Testament where God was moving miraculously, there was signs and wonders and healing. There were still people ill. I mean, this is surely they could call one another and pray. I'm sure Timothy, or Paul prayed for those because in one passage he said, I left that one that was sick. I left him there and I went on in the journey. I'm, I'm convinced they prayed. And so we've got to ask, like, why, if God loves to heal, why doesn't he always heal? Firstly, it's because healing and the miraculous points to this. One day, it hasn't come yet, and we've got to settle this thing that the kingdom has come now, in Christ Jesus, but it will also come in its fullness when he returns. And we've got to live in this tension of our positional authority in Christ, but also understand that we're in a process in Christ as he's making us holy. And so positionally are perfect, and in Christ there's authority, but there's also a process where he's making us holy and he's journeying with us so that we can understand and get to know a different aspect of Him. 
We're on a journey so that we, we have a relationship with Him and allow Him in to transform us. And so we come to know the transforming power of God immediately the day we get saved. It's called justification. Just as if I have never sinned. Instantly, He makes us free into a new creation. But then there's also the process and the journey with Him. And that's called sanctification, where He makes us holy and He makes us... Because we're on a journey to the ultimate place where He saves us and heals us to the uttermost. And so we understand, if we understand that we know that as I navigate life on this earth, I'm going to contend that God can heal me of any disease. I'm going to contend that God can do signs, wonders, and healings. But I also know that there will come a day. And that gives us a sense of expectation. That gives us a sense of urgency. That that day will come where He will wipe away every tear. And there will be no more sickness, no more pain, no more illness. And that's why I share the gospel. Because I want to know that everyone around me knows that there is a future with Christ like that. So you need to hear the good news. And if God heals you, it's a taste of what is to come for all eternity. So God loves to heal, but He doesn't heal all the time. We see it here. So what is the hope? What is the hope? You know, it's like, where's the message of hope? If you say God loves to heal, but He doesn't heal all the time. The hope is that one day He will wipe away every tear. And there will be no more sickness and no more illness. And that's a hope. That's a hope. I hope in that he is able. I hope that one day I know that he will completely heal me. It says that we will see the glory of the Lord. The lame will leap like deer, the blind will see. And we'll see a measure of that here. On earth, but in eternity, we will see the glory of the Lord. We will. We will. And so my hope is in His ability and in the future with Him. Why doesn't God always heal? Well, practically, sometimes it's because of sin and rebellion. We see that in Scripture. It's a form of discipline. We read here in 2 Corinthians, can be unforgiveness. We had a lady here two weeks ago that came because of pain in the shoulder and that she struggled for a number of days and weeks even. And so she had severe pain. She came forward for healing. The lady that prayed for her felt that there's unforgiveness. And she asked if there's unforgiveness in your life. And she said, yes. So let me lead you to forgive that person. She forgave that person and then God touched the body and healed and took away the pain. So sometimes it's sin. It's the discipline of God. It's the consequence of sin. Essentially, all sin is the consequence. All sickness is the consequence of sin. Adam and Eve's sin was the reason why we are dealing with sin and sickness. So in one sense, in a general sense, it's because of that sin. But sometimes specifically it can be because of sin in your life. Not always. And I don't want us always to go and say... Okay, I don't get healed. Is, is there sin? Let me see. Let me see. Okay, let me work through. Okay, cool. Eight o'clock, what did I do? Seven o'clock, six o'clock. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when He convicts us, we need to listen. We need to listen. But we see it in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4 to 6. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. Oh, no, sorry, that's the wrong scripture. It's a good scripture, though. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, so that's speaking about community, communion in the church, will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread or drink of the cup. For anyone who drinks, who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Because they've used communion in an unworthy manner. So there's judgment, discipline, because they're doing it in an unworthy manner. Harboring offenses, not forgiving, and then partaking of the cup 
and the bread that speaks about forgiveness and not extending it, having quarrels with one another. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So there's its discipline of the Lord. Not all the time, but sometimes that's the reason. Other times the reason is because God wants to reveal His grace in your life. And so in that place of suffering and struggle, it says that in that, your suffering it produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character and character hope. Sometimes in that place of turmoil and suffering and wrestling with things, God is at work because He's cultivating Christ in your life. He's cultivating Christ in your life in those moments. Sometimes in that moment, God is busy with something else that would reveal His glory. I've heard many times people say, I've seen that one. And you might have some form of a, a limitation or a sickness. And they said, I've seen that person going through that, struggling with that, worshiping God. And that opened up my heart to the Lord. And so God is using your life, your struggle, as a testimony. Because it's not just about the physical healing. It's about God transforming us from the inside out. And so in my situation, He can heal me, and I can have joy. He can heal me, and although my physical body doesn't change, my soul is healed, and my spirit is new, and I'm testifying, and I'm shining the light in that place. Paul speaks here. Um, now, let me just make sure I get the right one here. Three times I've pleaded with the Lord to take this away from me. Speaking about the thorn in his flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. And I've found many times that God wants to heal. He loves to heal. But in that moment, He knows it's better for you to go through this and for you to know me in that situation. Because it's about relationship. I recently, we took our, um, we went as a family, we went to go hike. We chose a hike that's not too heavy because we've got a youngster that's still learning the art of perseverance and pushing through. And so we went on this walk. The first time we did it, I saw his struggle, and I picked him up instantly. I picked him up, and we carried him. The second time, I felt I want, to, I want him to explore this. I want him to learn a bit of perseverance, because that will help something else that lies ahead in his life. So I'm going to stand back. But I want him to get to know that I'm with him. And so his faith, I don't want him to put faith in the fact that I will lift him up in the result. I want him to put faith in me. And when I say I'm with you, you can do this. He can trust my words. He can trust me. Because we can't put faith in faith. We can't put faith in a principle. We can't put faith in... We need to put it in the person. And so faith is in the person. I want him to know that he can trust me. I'm with him all the way. When I say, look, I'm with you, I'm with you. When there's a promise of reward, ice cream, if you complete this, I will follow through. Because sometimes you just need to know that there is a reward. If I push through, there would be a reward. And I'll follow through on that. And you have to learn that if I say that, he can have faith in me. And so in that journey, I wanted him to get to know the privilege of doing it with me. Not the privilege of sorting out his problem. I wanted him to get to know my comfort, my nearness in that moment. And sometimes that's what God wants to do. He wants you to know Him in the journey. Other times He wants to show you His grace. And for some, on Monday night, God wanted to reveal Himself as the healer. And for some on Monday night, He wanted to reveal Himself as the God of grace. That in your weakness, in your struggle, He is the one 
that is with you. He's the one that will grace you. So that you can say like Paul, I've pleaded, I've cried out, but I know this, I will boast more in him than in my situation. I will boast in his grace, because I know that his grace is sufficient in my time of weakness. And for many of us, I think that's where God is taking us, that we would get to know his grace in this journey. Because irrespective of my circumstances change, my heart is new, my heart is fresh, and my heart's walking with the Lord, and I'm boasting in Him. So what do we do? So how do we pray for people, you know? You can't play, put a, a system and a principle on it and say, you know, this is how it's going to be. We need to be spirit-led. We need to hear from God. Because sometimes you want to pray for someone's healing, and actually God is disciplining that person because he's sleeping around with his secretary. Or that one is taking communion and God is actually at work in that person's life and now you want to command the sickness to go, yet God is actually busy with something. Or God is wanting to journey with you, revealing his grace through your circumstances. And so that's important for us when we pray as a general theme all over Scripture and through eternity. God loves to heal. So we can know that when I pray for someone, there's a sense that God is able and want to heal. But I want to first ask the Lord, God, what do you really want to do here? It says that the prayer of faith, call on the elders and the prayer of faith. Call on the elders that they would pray for you when you're sick. And the prayer of faith, it goes in the second verse, it says, and the prayer of faith will heal them. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And there's something with Someone comes to me, I will pray for them because I know that God is able. But there's a moment where I hear the Lord and I know, okay, cool, now that's unforgiveness, that's sickness, or this will lead to death. But in that, you will be glorified and in that, you will heal the person ultimately. So I've got to listen to him and incline my ear. And when faith comes, when he speaks, I will pray with faith and the prayer of faith will heal that person. And so it's important that we and I would love to unpack this, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to do it this morning. But does that make sense? So we need to be spirit-led, not principle-led. So how do we respond as a people of God if we, you know, what do we do now? We know that God loves to heal. He doesn't always. And when I come now, I don't want to come with a sense of, oh, God, are you going to do it today? Not, I'm not sure. What do I do? How do I position myself as a child of God, when I have illnesses, when I've got sickness, when I'm going through difficulties, how do I position myself? You come with a sense of persistence. And you say, God, I'm here, and I'm going to keep on asking until you bless me. I know that you sometimes do it immediately and sometimes not, but I'm still going to continue to ask you. Like that persistent friend, as Jesus tells the story, there's a guy that comes at midnight knocking on the door, and constantly knocking, eventually his neighbor stands up. Because it's like, oh, just, this guy is just carrying on the whole time. Let me just go sort him out. And he goes and he helps his neighbor that was knocking. And just that persistence, God says, that's how we should pray, persistently. So I come and I constantly ask the Lord. I don't stop. When I see God heal others, I celebrate that. Because I'm seeing something of who my God is. I see that God is able to heal. And you'll hear testimonies now in a short while of how God has healed people. And when, if God didn't heal you, I want you to listen to those testimonies and say, wow, God, how amazing are you? You did it for them, you can do it for me. And if you don't do it here, I know you will do that when you return. And so there's a sense that you celebrate that God is able as you celebrate for others. And lastly, you let these testimonies that you're here now still faith in your heart. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible. So you let these testimonies still faith in your heart, and then you come, and you keep on asking, and you keep on persisting, and you celebrate. And if nothing happens, rejoice in your Maker. And rejoice in His grace that is sufficient for you. And if something happens, <laughs> rejoice. I want to end with a scripture, and then we're going to hear some amazing testimonies. 
Hebrews 11, verse 39, verse 40. Hebrews 11, the whole book is this long list of people and their faith journey. These heroes of faith. It says this one did this by faith. And it says, like a, it's like a really long list of amazing people doing amazing things for God. And it's basically a story about their faith. And the writer says this. These were all commended, all these men, for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Joshua, Moses, David, all these years, Moses was promised the promised land. He was a man of faith, but he never stepped in the promised land. Abram, you know, Father Abram has many. As for, as, look at the galaxies. So will your descendants be. I mean, I could count his descendants. Not, it was definitely not as much, or his children. But now there's descendants. And he didn't see that. He didn't walk in it. Although, in a measure of that, he did. And it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these people that ran with faith but never walked into it, that will be perfected with us on the day Jesus comes, now let us throw off everything that hinders us, this disappointment, the indifference when it comes to healing and the miracle, I'm going to throw off that indifference because God is able. God wants to do it, and I need to get to the party. So I'm going to throw off indifference. God didn't heal me. I'm going to throw off that disappointment. I'm going to throw it off because God is able. He loves to heal. And I will throw off the, um, the sin that so easily entangles. And I will run this race with perseverance marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer, the author, and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Isn't that a beautiful picture? How these men had faith and they didn't walk into everything. But they kept on, on their journey. They persisted on their journey. And now we, on, as we are living our lives here, let's hear the cheer from that great cloud of witnesses and let's run our race, not worrying about whether it happened or not. We run our race with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so how do we navigate if we see others getting healed and we don't, and we come forward with a sense of expectation and we're slightly disappointed? We throw that off. And we run our race with our eyes fixed on Him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And he would come, and he would touch, and heal us in due time. And if it doesn't happen here, I can guarantee you, it will happen. By his stripes, we are healed. It's a promise in Isaiah, and we see Peter write about it again. And it's in context of Christ's coming. By his stripes, we are healed. And so, Lord, we pray this morning. That there would be a fresh urgency and expectation in our hearts for your return. We thank you that you are coming back, Lord. And you would wipe away every tear. There will be no more sickness, no more illness. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that there's a hope that we have of a perfect future. We thank you that, Jesus, you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. So this morning we put our eyes and we fix our eyes on you, Lord. We run and we navigate our lives. We run this race with our eyes fixed on you. Thank you as we run to you, Lord. We can have this sure confidence that you are able. And God, whether you heal us immediately, we rejoice. And whether you don't, God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. And thank you that we can hold on to that. Your enablement, your favor. And we want to boast in that, Lord. That your grace is sufficient. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
And so what I wanted to do as we come to an end, well, not an end, but as we come to the latter part of the service, I wanted to share the testimonies now. Because my concern was that people would hear the testimonies of what God has done and leave the place disappointed with heartache, with frustration, with questions. And so I thought it would be good if we can go through some scriptures. And then we hear the testimonies and we leave with a sense of, God, you're able, do it again. Amen? So I'm going to ask quickly uh, if the people who chatted to, if Greg can come forward and Jay, Kiara, Wendy and Anushka, if you can quickly come forward. Anishka, I want you to share last. Okay, Greg, I'm going to give you a moment. There's a microphone. But before you share, I just want to read the testimony of someone that can't be here today, but shared through the testimony. This is incredible. Um, okay, oh, it's Afrikaans. I've got a testimony from Monday evening. Um, I've always had serious problems with my ears. Um, My eardrum has exploded, (laughs) burst. Um, Regularly, my eardrum has burst. Um, And so basically, long story short, she's had um, serious problems with the ears. And um, it got better because of the operation. But then COVID came and COVID damaged the ears further. And she had worse problems than what she had before. Um, and so there was a call for perforated eardrums that God wants to heal that. So she came and she responded to that. Um, she said she, she came forward in response to the word in herself. Wasn't really sure if God would heal her. Lacked a bit of faith, but she responded because the word came out. Friends prayed for me, and God touched me, and I went home. And during the night, I was woken up by my cat eating food. And I realized, wow, something is different. I never heard that sound. I was never woken up by that. I can hear. And she couldn't hear those sounds. Um, The next morning, I was awoken up by my roommates making a noise in the house, which I normally don't hear. Praise God, I can actually hear all the stuff happening in the house that I didn't hear before. And God touched the needle. Isn't it amazing? Wow. Good morning, church. Yeah, so... My name is Greg, and I suffer of vertigo, so middle ear infection, and I've been struggling for quite a few years. Yeah. But I remember when we moved to the north, and I came to help in the church, and uh, somebody had to go right to the top of, of the ladder, and I just went up, and when I got to the top, I realized, what am I doing here? not realizing that I had vertigo and I shouldn't be there, but anyway, it was gone. And then on Monday, there was Jonathan. I was on duty, I was outside. And nine o'clock, we changed shift and I came back. I came inside and I heard they were praying for healing. And I immediately came to the front and I was, because I knew I went, I went to see three specialists and they all said that I have 10% hearing on the left ear and nobody could give me a cure for the middle ear infection so I had to suffer with that for the rest of my life and on on Monday while we were praying and I could just hear um, the level of my left ear and I wanted to make sure so I closed my right ear and I remember Lee Lee was asking me are you sure 
And every time if Lee spoke to me, he stepped away and he stepped away, but I had my right ear closed. And I promise you that it's more than 10% that I could hear now. But besides that, the morning, the Tuesday morning when I woke up, I woke up with a pain in my ear. You know, when you have an operation, you still feel that pain, that healing process of it. And that's how it felt. And it still feels that way. It felt like somebody was busy on my ear. I just want to thank God because I know it can only be him. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Wendy Lee. Um, the age of nine years old, the neighbor across the road was busy with the grinder. And it went into my left eye. And ever since, I have no vision. I have a zero vision in my left eye. And on, I was keep on praying always. And then on Monday, a woman came to me. And she laid hands on my eye. And afterwards, she said, close your eyes. And I did it. And she said, open your eye. And I could see shapes for the first time since the age of nine years old. So for me, that was amazing how God works. And last Sunday, as we are preparing for Monday for the evening, so I went to bed and I'm like, I want to serve. And he's like, okay, so I, Nicole sent me on an usher. And that was like taking me way out of my comfort zone. And the lady came back to me on Monday and she's like, I want to pray for your leg further because somebody already did something amazing on Sunday. And that was Louise that prayed for my leg so I could feel a piece of my leg. And then the lady's like, you are healed, walk. And the Tuesday morning, I'm like, I'm telling Eric, it's like, I can feel it's like coldness, like somebody putting ice on my leg. And I was healed by that. So for the first time in four years, I can feel my leg on top. So... That is my <laughs> testimony. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I am... Um, sorry, guys. I'm quite emotional. Um, yeah, on Monday, uh, the Lord, he healed my spine. <laughs> I had um, functional scoliosis in my lower back, and I was prayed for and my spine came into alignment. And um, yeah, I almost, it was amazing. Like I almost forgot what it was like to not be in pain. Because <laughs> over the years I've had like this dull pain that's just constant compression in any little task that I do, um, whether it's sitting at work or just standing or exercise. And um, yeah, the Lord just came and he healed my spine. <laughs> And um, there's an amazing testimony and story around the detail of everything that he did. And there's so many, I've wrote, had to write everything down, otherwise I'm gonna drift on details. But if you guys wanna hear all the details of the healing, we must go for coffee and then I'll tell you. But um, this morning, I actually really felt to focus on what God actually did in my heart that night as well, because that was such a huge effect that I think rippled into the physical. Um, so it actually started like two weeks back. I was processing with Hank and Teresa just that I lost my trust in God. Like I, I was like, I don't actually trust that he would heal me. And then the, the week that Kevin was preaching on the gifts of the spirit um, and people came forward to pray and Harot um, prayed for me. And he said the strangest thing. I thought that's such a strange thing to say at the time. But looking back in hindsight, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And he said, he was praying and he said, don't tense your muscles, just relax. You don't have to work for your healing. God is going to heal you. And I was like, that's odd. <laughs> but then fast forward to Monday night with Jonathan Conrath. He had that like saying of, okay, when the Lord says that he's willing to heal, 
it's not like this, okay, I'm willing kind of attitude. It was, I delight to heal you. I would love to heal you, my child. And as he said that, like something just shifted in my heart and I'm like, I can run to my daddy and go, God, can you fix this? Um, and yeah, it was, I think it was just because of so much disappointment and hope deferred that had made my heart sick and over the years. The sickness just wasn't lifting. And um, Liani actually said, come, we're going to go pray. We're going to pray. And I was like, oh, you know, and she's like, no, we're going to pray. And they prayed for me. And um, even while they were praying for me, I felt this intense heat in my lower back. And I heard this whisper of, it's done. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, surely, surely there's more to it than that. Surely it's not just a small, it's done from you. And I did doubt, and I didn't tell the ladies that I heard the Lord say because I was in so much doubt. But then I got home that evening, and the Lord said again while I was lying in bed. He said again, I said, it's done. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry that I doubt you. I choose to take you at your word. Um, If you say it's done, then it's done. (laughs) And in that moment, this like, deep click happened in my back like while I was lying in bed it was gentle and soft but it was so deep and I went to sleep and long story short I woke up in the morning and I could walk and my hips were aligned and my shoulders were aligned and everything was amazing oh sorry (laughs) and I can cuddle my husband and not be in pain (laughs) but yeah I think um What's been amazing for me is that deep work that he's done in my heart um, that just overflowed, that I can go to him. And this week has actually been quite challenging because I keep looking down and testing the healing. Like, oh, is, it, is it done? Is it? And then I like go look, I'm like, no, it is done. And I was treating the healing like such a fragile thing. And that's what made sense when Farad said to me, like, you don't have to work for it. Because it almost felt like I've been given this healing, but I keep testing to see if it's still there. And it's like, no, there's nothing I can like do. He's gonna, I'm healed. It's done. So yeah, I'm walking that out now. It's trusting the Lord, but my spine is healed. <laughs> Hi there, guys. My name is Jay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, uh, I'm gonna read this. It's gonna be really quick, but um, test me for Monday night. So I love sports, and I played a lot of sports growing up. I mean, I played soccer. Volleyball, a um, whole bunch of things. Anyway, uh, I was in high school and um, I was playing soccer, and this uh, this guy came in behind me, and he was twice my height, more or less, and he took me out, and I fell, and it felt like my, you know, when you crack a chicken bone, that's what it felt like, and I went down, and um, I blacked out, and. Long and short of the story was my knee swelled up and I, I struggled to walk for months on end. Um, you know, it was tough financially, so I couldn't get all the medical treatment I needed back then. And so I just kind of went through life. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've used knee braces, so it's this left knee, and I've used knee braces, etc., etc. And um, like she often when she lies next to me at night, I'm like, babe, can you can you rub my leg, like, you know, so she takes her knee into the back of my leg and tries to bring a bit of relief, <laughs> and so I struggled with it, and then Monday night, we were standing at the back, and uh, I just, I just had this faith that stirred up in me, and, uh, you know, Jonathan called for, you know, he prayed for healing, and so Cher and Yuval uh, came to him, they placed their hands on me, and I put my hands up in the air, and I'm like, I just kind of surrendered in that moment, and I must admit, be honest, like, in a moment, like, I'm not quite sure if the Lord's going to heal me now, but I'm going to do it anyway. So in faith, I just put my hand up, and like they prayed for me, and immediately I just felt like a release in my, yeah, in the joints, in the muscles, and uh, I just felt a strengthening, you know. And uh, from Monday to today, I haven't had like pain that I normally have at night, like when I'm sleeping, and even when, um, often when it's cold and you feel that pain, it's been cold this couple of days, and I haven't really struggled. And I just want to, I just want to give the Lord all the glory for that. And uh, you know, I don't understand. I mean, Kevin mentioned it earlier, and we don't understand when you know 
why God does it sometimes, why it doesn't. But I know that God is all-knowing and He's all-seeing. And, uh, you know, He's, um, you know he, He's able. And uh, so I just want to encourage us to put our faith in Him. And I just want to finish up by saying this. Um, a few years ago during COVID, I wrote this. I enjoy writing songs and poems and stuff. So I wrote this to the Lord early in the morning. And I just want to read it to you. And it's just in the back in what Kevin said. Um, all glory to our King, King of Kings. All glory to our Lord, Lord of Lords. All praises to His name, lifted high. All praises to this sacred Lamb. In honor, praise the Lion who roars on high. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's coming soon on the clouds of heaven. In all glory and awesome splendor to take us home and enjoy His presence. So linger in His presence. Morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Anushka. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm married to Coral, and we've got three little ones. We are a family in this greater family. Um, so, yes, a Monday night, this little one gave a heart to the Lord. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, there's such a, um, just such a testimony um, leading up to Monday night, and we would like to share it with you guys. So the past couple of weeks, we uh, realized that um, your Anna was just increasingly fearful, especially in worship. She would like cling to my hip almost. And, and we were just praying for her and encouraging her to really seek the Lord. And uh, we're trusting the Lord for that. And um, so Saturday night, she had a dream from the Lord. And she's going to share the dream with you guys. Will you know she? Okay, my mama can have you here. <laughs> so um, after the dream, um, on Sunday I um, was serving at church, at kids church, and um, Ruan asked, listen uh, guys, who, wanna, who wants to uh, join worship, who wants to lead worship with us? And she jumped up and ran forward, and I was like, what's happening? This is not the same girl, something's happening, and I thought about the dream that God gave her. And then, um, yeah, so Sunday night, ah, Monday night, um, the, yeah, she gave, when I, when I go, went to fetch her, um, they said to me, oh, she gave her heart to the Lord, and it was so fantastic to hear that. But um, when we came back in here, um, Jonathan was praying for hearing, uh, hearing, hearing problems, and she was so bold, she ran to one of the guys and put her hand on the guy and started praying for one of the guys. <laughs> and that's not the same, the same little one that we have known the past few weeks. So the Lord has really done a great work in her heart. Will you see, Liffy? Saturday night, I dream about two castles. One is heaven and one is the devil's castle. The heavens castle it had lots of trees growing, and the devil's castle had lots of plants dying. In the heavens castle, it was shining and the door was open. In there was Daddy and God. God tells me, "Do anything what I say, then everything will be okay." Isn't it incredible, eh? It's God healing and touching people, especially that. That's the greatest miracle of all, someone getting saved. We have, this past couple of months, we've seen people respond to the gospel, recommitting their lives, giving their lives to Jesus. And I'll tell you, it's great to realize that some of them haven't accepted Jesus. They didn't belong to Him. And they were going to spend eternity without God. And they've responded, and now they're living a life in God. They transformed. I mean, this little girl was shy. Now she shares a dream. <laughs> of the, and you can see the transforming power of God. Her parents can testify that. 
And I've seen, I've seen people that responded six months ago just transformed, running for God. There's life. There's a, there's a future and a hope in their lives because they, they belong to Jesus. And, and it's incredible. I, was, um, I heard the story recently about him. Some of you probably heard this, about the pastor that sat in a chair, the barber, and he was cutting his hair. And the um, barber just looked around at people doing evil stuff, and he asked the pastor, you know, if, if God is alive, why are there so many bad things happening? Why is there so many evil around us if, if God is alive? And then the pastor came like, just I like, carried on conversation, and then the pastor went out the door, and passed him walked the guy with hair that's all over the show. And the pastor went in back to the barber, and he said, do you see that guy there with the hair? And the barber's like, yeah, it looks horrible. So aren't you doing your work if there's people like that walking in the streets? And the barber said, well, I can only do something to that guy if he comes in and he comes to me. Then I can do something about it. And that's the truth for us in this world. There is a lot happening, but we need to each individually go to God. We each individually need to make sure that we belong to Him, that we've surrendered our lives to Him. And then He can come and change and transform us. Deep down inside of us, we all are searching. <laughs> we're searching for truth. I mean, think of the, 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 the words, the buzz words. Truth. Life. You know? Don't lose your way. And it's truth, life, way. And that's all found in Jesus. Because He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father. On Friday morning, I was in Diskim, um, looking for some things. And then suddenly, load shedding hit, and it was pitch dark. You know that moment where it goes like, <laughs> pitch dark in the shop because I were needing to put on the generators. And for those brief moments, I really couldn't see anything in front of me. I remember Jonathan Monday night speak about the place where he lives. It's quite dark. And when you're in that dark place, you can't see where to go really. You can't even see your own hand. And standing in that darkness, I was reminded of that. And if you don't belong to Jesus, you can't really find your way in this life. Because you're trying to navigate in complete darkness. The moment the lights came on in the disc game, I could find what I was looking for. And I could find my way. And I want to tell you this, that we need a light. We need to come to the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. who died for your and my sin. We had to die for our sin. Like a person sitting in death row, sitting in the electrocuting chair, awaiting our death. Because we deserve it. Because the Bible tells us that if we've committed a sin, if we've committed one sin, we deserve death. And so we need to sit in a chair. And just before they switch it on, someone walks up, takes your hand, unplugs you, takes you out of the chair, and sits in the chair on your behalf. And that person dies at death, gets executed for your wrongdoing, for your sin. And that's what Jesus has done. That's the grace of Jesus. He came and he came and sat in the chair, the chair you and I had to sit in. He came to sit in that chair so that we might have life, so that we might be freed. And if you're trying to figure that out away from Jesus in the dark, you're not going to find your way. You need to come to him. Like that guy with the hair needs to come to the barber, so you need to come to him. And when you give your life over to him, the switch comes on. And you're not only set free, but you can find your way back to your maker, the Father.